What's up, FBU Nation? It's Coach AB alongside Coach VG. Today we are here bringing you guys an awesome topic, how to start a live presentation that's not boring or cheesy and guaranteed to make your audience laugh. This topic today was actually brought up during one of our SPF uh, mastermind calls where basically someone, I think nowadays everybody's doing more stuff in person now. Events are starting to pop up and uh, you got to start these presentations right. You got to get people on the right foot because remember, if you, I'm sure everybody listening to this has been to a seminar where it was just like a boring person coming up and you're like, oh man, this is going to be a long one. So we're going to teach you guys how to make everyone laugh and get the party started on the right foot. What's up, VG? Vince What's Gabriel. Up? What's up, buddy? How, how you doing, doing, man? How's everything going? I'm doing good, man. If it's a little loud, I'm in the gym. So if you hear noise, that's what that is. A lot of people in that gym. Cram them in. Cram them <laughs> in. It. They're like sardines in there. Sardines. <laughs> well, now they're spaced out sardines. Yeah, there's sardines in a box. You put them in a box now. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, this was, I think this is going to be a cool topic because um, I think when we, when you hear the word presentation, you think of like live and in person, but I think that this could, you know, if you're doing anything still via zoom, I think this could all apply too, because it's just about engaging people right off the bat um, to whatever you're going to talk about. Yeah. And and I think that I've been seeing a lot more live events popping up Um, people in the fitness industry doing a live event. We scheduled our next live event. Um, well, actually our mastermind meeting will be live in July. Um, but we're doing, a, 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 a three-day seminar in December, um, for gym owners called fitness business mastery for gym owners. That's on in December 4th and 5th, 3rd, 4th, 5th, something like that. Um, and, um, so I just say, and, and as you said, we got the question on it. So I think people are starting to do more live events. And I think that, um, you know, speaking is such a great way to build your authority, right? It's probably the most effective way to build authority, right? Is actually to speak and, you know, one to many is probably going to be the most beneficial use of your time. One person speaking to many people versus like one-on-one, but they're all, but they're all speaking engagements, right? And, um, I think a lot of people, I think there is statistics on this. I don't know what they are, but there are statistics about the, um, the, the, the phobia of speaking and that like more people are afraid of speaking in public than death, which I, which I find like, I'm way more afraid of dying than I am of getting in front of an audience. But I think it's like the fear of being judged. Right. Because that's what it is. It's essentially, you know, you go up in front of people and your ego and your feelings are hurt. If, you know, there's people in the audience that are, you know, saying this guy's a moron is know what he's talking about. Right. And I, I will say this. I, I'm, I, I don't claim to be funny. Right. I'm not. I, I would say I'm not <laughs> funny. Right. But the reality. Once like, in a while, I, you have a couple of one liners, man, that get me every once in a while. Yeah. And, and so you, and, and it's been only four years. So I have a couple things that I've said in four years that, um, that have made you laugh. So I, I guess I'm doing well with that one. Um, but, but, but I can't imagine being a comedian and having someone heckle you like while you're in, while you're doing your act, like that has to be like the worst thing ever. And I have never, I speak in front of many, many audiences and never had anyone, um, 
you know, remotely heckle me. I did have one guy ask me, I was doing a presentation for a church once and I was talking about, oh, I, I, I was talking about health stuff. And I said, you should put lemon in your water. Just like simple fitness tip, right? And he raises his hand. He goes, well, actually, I am a biochemical engineer and lemon is an acid. So how would putting lemon in your water make you more alkaline, which is what I said, and it makes your body feel better. And I did not know the answer to that, right? I did not at the time. I know the answer now, kind of. I, I probably forgot it, but um, it, it, I did not have. It's like oh, I was like, I don't know. That's actually like I don't remember like what I said. But what an asshole! Like that he had to like you know say his piece. That <laughs> I'm a biochemical engineer, and and he was actually wrong because when I went and looked it up, and I actually and here's the and here's another lesson here. So I was very embarrassed when that happened. But then I went and looked it up. I was like obsessed with the answer. And I went and looked it up and I figured out why that this lemon, and basically I believe that when you put an acid into your body, the process it goes through in your body makes you more alkaline, if that makes any sense. But, and I'm sure I said that wrong, but I don't care anymore. So, yeah, but, 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 so, um, then I turned that into an email, right? So I, then now that was content for me to write an email saying how I, he asked me, I told the exact story. He asked me this question. I didn't know the answer. I went and looked it up and here's why. And I turned it into a content-based email. So Dan, uh, Dean Jackson says, everything that happens to you in your life is an email. So, I mean, and that's, that's kind of like the mindset with speaking you got to have. Like, yeah, there is a possibility some jerk is going to come off and say, you, you know, I'm a, a chemical engineer and you're wrong and check your facts and stuff like that. But the reality is, um, I do believe that if you can overcome your fear of public speaking, it becomes a very powerful way for you to build authority in your community, um, build trust with your current members, with, with, former, with, with members that are potentially going to be members. Um, it is just probably the best way to build authority is to be able to speak in public. Um, so kind of just got to, and here's the thing. And I tell this to my kids all the time. The, 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 here's the only way to build confidence. There's no amount of public speaking books that you can read that will build your confidence in public speaking. The only way to build your confidence in public speaking is to go out and public speak. Or do a bodybuilding show. Try being on stage in just a bikini and little ha uh, banana hammocks and having yourself judged by people. You get over that real quick. That That is true. That is true. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So, bodybuilding is another one. Um, but anyway, so so I'm like, it, 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 you just got to do it. If you want to build your confidence in anything, you just go do it. You don't do it well right? You fail, you make mistakes. Maybe you get heckled by the biochemical engineer, right? But then you just, you build your confidence. It's like, how does like my kid, my daughter gets, she's, there's no way she gets better at soccer unless she goes out and she try to play soccer. Or so just put yourself in there. So that's the first thing is if you want to get better at public speaking, just do it more. Um, 
Agreed. And you can practice that too. Like you don't oh, have yeah, to yeah. necessarily go out and, you know, find a huge audience to talk to, True. you know, yep. just pick up your phone and practice and start talking, start filming videos of yourself. I mean, that's how you build the confidence just to get in there and do it. Just repetition. And I re- actually read a book. I don't remember the name of it. It was a while ago. It was probably like 2017 that I read this book, but it was about how uh, comics actually craft their, their skits. I forget mm. the name of the book. I really wish it was a really good book, actually. But um, basically, they talk about like crafting your message in a story. So you kind of bring the listener along your journey with you. And they're like, and then you that's when you throw the jokes in. It was really yeah. interesting how you have to craft a message. But I think a lot of people also struggle with, oh, well, what if, you know, they, like you said, like, oh, what if I'm wrong? What, like you're kind of second guessing yourself. And one of the things I always tell people is it doesn't matter what level of experience you have. If somebody's coming to hear what you have to say, it means you have more experience than them. That's a great point. More knowledge than them in that one thing. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're smarter than them or not, but it just matters. You know, you know, in this particular field, if you're doing a nutrition seminar, you know more than the people who are sitting in there because you're the expert automatically. Like that's that. a that's a beautiful point, AB. It, yes, you're right. If you take that mindset and you say, I, I know 10% more than everyone sitting in this audience, you'll be fine. Um, that's a, actually a, an excellent point. Um, okay, so the first thing I want to talk about before we even really get into the tips and stuff like that. This was taught to me by Tony Robbins. And when I, I started speaking, my first, it's funny when I really think about my first uh, public speaking, um, uh, public speaking gigs, it wasn't technically public speaking. It was coaching. It was coaching football teams. And coaching strength and conditioning. So when I was in San Diego, I used to be the strength coach for football teams. So running a warm-up for a hundred football players is public speaking. You're getting in front of hundred people and you're saying, All right, 20 jumping jacks, go. It's public speaking. It's a little different, right? But there, so you got to understand as a trainer, as a personal trainer listening to this you probably have more public speaking experience than you think. Because when you think about it, every time you run a group class and you got the stopwatch on and you're like, go, stop, you're public speaking, you're, you're addressing an audience. So don't lose sight of the experience that you already have. But I, my first real speaking engagements were um, when I first opened the gym, and I was doing uh, talks for ACL rehab, ACL injury prevention for um, youth athletes, right? And I, I partnered with a doctor, which was a little nerve wracking when I did that. I partnered with a doctor and getting on stage with a doctor, even though the doctors always are terrible at public speaking. Um, but it's still like you're on stage with a doctor. It's a little intimidating. Um, and I learned this from Tony Robbins. And to take the focus off of how are you going to do when you get up there and shift it towards how can you add value to the people in the seats? And what I used to do is I used to go through this visualization process of the people that I was speaking to. And I was speaking to the, I was speaking to the parents and I was speaking to the athletes and I would visualize Um, the athletes going through the pain of an ACL surgery, 
and going through the nine months of rehab and all the different things they had to do and icing the knee and the, you know, um, you know, TKEs and all the stuff that they had to do. And I, I, I visualized the pain and then I would visualize them not having to do that. Right. Then I would visualize their life of, Hey, they never had this injury and they were able to go off and get a scholarship and be, have a successful athletic career. Right. And so I kind of put my mindset on those people and it shifted the stress from how am I going to do when I get up there to, I'm just here to help these people and I'm here to change lives and I'm here to impact these people. And I'm here to also hopefully uh, get them to buy in terms of then I'll be able to get them in my world and help them even more. Right. So it's just a mindset. I think that's one of the first public speaking tips that I always give is what are you thinking about before you go up there? Is it how you're going to do or how you're going to add value to the people in the seats? Yeah, that's a great point, actually. That's a very, very smart point, too. You know, we always like exactly what you just said. You always wonder, like, oh, am I going to do good? Am I going to mess up? But what about them? That's a really, really good point. Really smart. So that's kind of like the first thing. But but I realize that, like, remember that um, a lot of people go to these public speaking things. And there are some people that, you know, go to them voluntarily. And then there's sometimes you have situations where you do like a public speaking for like a lunch and learn and they, they don't have to be there. Their boss is making them be there and they're sitting there with their arms crossed and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, nobody loves boring, right? No one's ever like came home and raved about, Hey, the presentation was, was boring, but it was really good. Like that has never been said. So that's kind of rule number one is, is don't be boring. And I, I learned this introduction from a guy named Dr. Rob Gilbert, who's a... Um, Can we please not do the counting thing? I hate that. No, we're not doing that. Oh, uh, thank God. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I just can't do that. Yeah, we won't do it. So, um, but that's, an, that's another one is the clap game. Uh, we, we will talk about it. We won't do it. I won't have you do it, AB, because you're like rhythm challenged, right? Sometimes <laughs> these bodybuilders that go on stage, you know, with what is it called? The banana something? The banana hammock. You never heard that yeah. expression? Yeah, no, I have heard that before. Yeah. But sometimes these bodybuilders, they, if you try and put them on like an agility drill, they look like they got like two left feet or something like that. So that's why the AB doesn't like the clap game. But so, but, but here's what the boring. So, so if you want to, st- you want a couple of good ways to start a talk. I, now, this might sound weird, right? I just said don't be boring. But the first thing you'll do, and this is I learned this from Dr. Rob Gilbert. The first thing you do is act like you are boring, and you exaggerate the hell out of it. Meaning, you go up on stage, you're like, "Hey, my name's Vince Gabriel. I'm uh, here to talk to you about." the fitness industry and gyms and uh and you just you you start like you're like super boring and you exaggerate it to the you start seeing people squirming in the audience and all of a sudden you're like you bust out of it and you're like how much longer can you stand me talking like this and the audience immediately and i am i am i am undefeated on this in terms of now i will say that it's very risky it's very risky to do because it can come across as if you get like, but I did this in front of an audience of 400. I did the keynote talk at my, at a middle school and I 
I had 20 minutes and I started with this boring introduction and literally I got an ovation right after the introduction because when I busted out of it, they were like so happy and excited. It was, it was like, it was one of the coolest public speaking moments I've ever, I've ever had, but that is a way that you actually start almost exaggerated boring and then you break out of it. And what you're telling the audience is this is not going to be boring, right? I just showed you what bad is. This is not going to be bad, right? But it's, but it's how you start the talk is a big, see, we talk about first impressions. Um, that's one way. So another way is, and I went over this with, in, the, in the mastermind call, but another way is to play some kind of a game, right? Some kind of a game where you get the audience engaged and up. And um, we use something called the clap game. Or the one, two, three game. And I, I learned this from a guy named Steve Shenbaum, who I'll have to give credit there. But you basically bring someone up in the audience and you, you have them, you say one, they say two, you say three, and then you count back and forth. And usually someone fumbles it up and messes it up. Um, and then you go Pulled tell the audience. The first to mastermind to do I that. did? Yeah. Oh, very cool. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. But it gets the audience going. It gets everyone loose. It gets everyone excited. Everyone's loose. Everyone's smiling. Everyone's kind of happy. Um, but it's just a way to to move and get things going. And it, honestly, it takes the pressure off you a little bit and puts it back onto the audience uh, for that. So that's, that's another one. There's some kind of an engaging game and don't want to do this. Don't be like some of these, some of these, some people like abuse this stuff and they'll do it for the first like 20 minutes of the talk. Like, it's not like they're, they're not there to play games, do clap games. Like that, that is the, 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 the point of this whole thing is to break the ice and get, have a good first impression, not to waste time in the amount of time you got. All right. Yeah. Um, and then the other way to do it is to start with some kind of a really funny story, right? Where you can, um, and I did this when I was at Long Beach in Perform Better. Um, I did one of my first Perform Better talks I ever did. And the, the I, I, I'll tell the story actually, because it's actually a good story anyway, but this is what I opened with. Um, so I think it was like four or five years ago, I called my friend, Charlie Weingroff, and I said, hey, man, I really want to speak at Perform Better. I was like, what do I got to do to speak at Perform Better? And he's like, well, that's easy. He's like, you got to go and you got to, you know, be at the next event and you got to talk to, to Chris, the godfather. And um, so he's like, the next one's next week in Chicago. So I was like, all right. So I bought a plane ticket and I flew to Chicago. The next week and I was there. I was just I went there as an attendee, but I went there to talk to Chris, right? And I had been going to the seminar for probably 10 years or something. And so I met I met I met Chris out there and you know we we talked at the bar and you know I told him what I wanted to do and what my aspirations were. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, like he didn't really know me too well. And he's like, Yeah, I'll think about it. Um, you know, maybe I'll let you know. And so I was like, ah, I was like, I probably shit the bed on that one. Like, I don't think he's gonna allow me to speak because this is like, I mean, perform better is like, you know, in the fitness industry, there's heavy hitters. I mean, there's like big, big name speakers that go to that that speak at perform better. And I was a nobody at the time. Um, and so something. So I brought Tom with me when we were there, and we were sitting at the bar. And while we're sitting at the bar, um, all of the people that work 
with Perform Better and the speakers, they're all like the speakers, they're toured. They went, they were at the bar too, and they were getting a drink right before. And Tom and I were sitting there and I saw one of the guys that I knew and he was like, Hey, you know, what are you guys doing tonight? And we're like, uh, I don't know. Like, um, we're just like chilling out. He's like, hey, you want to come to dinner with us? And I was like, uh, all right, yeah, we'll come to dinner. And so we ended up going to dinner and me and Tom are tagging along with the perform better crowd and all the speakers and stuff. And, um, we get there and it's a German restaurant. And it's one of those German restaurants where there's really, really long tables. It's like family style, huge steins of beer. But what they do is they have this thing where these waitresses come around with these large wooden paddles, right? And they um, they like play this special music and they pull someone from the table and what they do is, and the paddles I'm talking about are like the paddles in the frat houses, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so what they do is they pick someone from the table and they bend you over the table and the lady takes a running start and smacks you on the ass with the paddle. And I wonder if we could have Jill. Don't you have that on video? I do. I do. So and can we get what, Jill to link that below to this video? So if they're listening could. on YouTube, they could link it. So we probably could. Jill, if you're listening, um, please tag the video. So, yeah, I think it's on my cell phone somewhere or something. But anyway, so they come around. And all of a sudden, um, they call. They're like, Vince! Vince! And they're like yelling. They're like, like get up here. And I like, I was like, oh, man. And they're whacking people. Like, they're like whacking people, right? And so they bend me over the table and they have you put like your elbows on the table or something. And the guy, Chris, Chris Poirier, who runs Perform Better, he deadlocks eyes on me. And he's like, looks at me, he's just looking to my eyes. And he goes, Vince, don't you flinch. And I'm like, this is it. This is the moment. The moment of my speaking career starts right now. And I locked eyes with Chris. And I said, if I flinch, I'm done. I'll never speak on Perform Better. But if I am a rock and I hold steady and I suck up the pain and I deadlock his eyes and I don't make a face. You told him that? Told him what? What you just said. Oh, but after the fact, after oh, the fact. this is like what's going through my mind, right? What's going through my mind is I can't flinch. I got to show this guy that I'm tough and I'm going to show up and I'm going to be good. It's a very stupid thing, but like, I'm sure I would have spoken if I, even if I did flinch, but it was like in my mind, I'm like, all right, I got to do it. And, and I like, I, I was I was a rock. I did not move a muscle. I did not move a muscle. And it was all the mindset of. I, this guy's watching me and he wants to know that I'm going to show up and be a gamer. And so I didn't, I didn't flinch. And a year later I was on the tour and that, so that was my opening story. I performed better. And then I flashed to showing the video. And so now they actually saw what happened. So I told them what happened. Right. And then I showed them exactly what happened and what was going on and 
it, it was it was basically um I got a very good response, you know, with that story. And that was one of my better performances. And sometimes too, like a good opening gives you confidence to keep going, right? If you could get like a good laugh right in the beginning, you're like, bam, you're like off to the races. You're like, all right, like, let's go. Let's go. I got this. All right. I'm good. Yeah, Versus like you do something stupid and you're like, everyone's like, <laughs> and I got shit. I blew it. Right. I usually throw those in, in your meetings every once in a while, you put up a funny skit and no one laughs. Yeah, it does happen. Right. It does. It does happen. Um, but so, but that's the third thing. So starting with some kind of a really funny story that's going to draw the audience in, um, or even like a playing a funny video or, or doing something like that, that's going to draw the only the thing in. Um, so that, that, but that's the, this, that, that's kind of what, when I went over on the mastermind call the other day to, to help this guy out that was doing this talk is just start it with not being boring, right? Just don't be bored. Do something different. Do something that's going to make the audience laugh. Um, and I spent, I remember my first talk I did at idea, which I spoke in, I got thrown into the fire, the lion's den. My first major public speaking event was actually the biggest one I've ever done to this date was I spoke at the uh, Idea World Club and Studio Summit. And it's like, there was probably like 800 people in the audience and all like brick and mortar gym owners, all people that were like, you know, higher end gym owners and, and business owners. The other speakers were like top of the line speakers. You only, there was only eight of us that spoke. And, um, like there was probably like 300 people that applied and I didn't even apply the person putting it together, picked me. Cause I knew them. I got like lucky. Right. Um, but that one, and I spent hours and hours and hours trying to come up with something that I could make the audience laugh in the first 10 to 15 seconds. Right. And so I think that that's, that's an important thing. It's like, what can you do right away? That's going to make them, feel good about what they're about to hear right i did the same thing at um i spoke at the chamber of commerce meeting um, yeah right before covid doing you know when they were still doing the meetings or whatever and i told a corny joke it was such a corny fitness joke but uh it was i think you ever hear the joke like what's the uh a guy comes in and he asks what's the best machine to get women and the trainer points at the atm so I asked that question. I, so I told him that little story. And I said, well, the guy came in. He really wants to, like, impress women. So he asked me what machine he should use. So what machine do you think I told him? So I went around and everybody's like, this is boring. I don't know anything about the gym. It's the chamber of commerce, all these old lawyers. So when I said the ATM, everybody was cracking up laughing. That's but great. Something stupid, something little like that yeah. just sparked yeah. the thing. It really does make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got to be bulletproof. If you don't get a laugh, you just got to be able to keep on going because you know, the, the, the wheels can fall off. Um, I, a couple things to end on um, after you get like some kind of a intro that keeps it light and funny and stuff like that. Well, I, well, I, I do want to make another one, one other point. This is a very important thing. Who introduces you when you speak is crucial. I, when I was in San Diego and I used to go out and do sports for kids, um, my uh, 
friend and who's one of my best friends today still is Brett Klicka. And we both would go out and we would do like these speed demos. And there would be times where they would, at the end of a practice, we would go and do like a speed drill with these kids, right? Or speak to kids and hand out flyers and stuff. And basically this coach who was a total jerk, he got up in front of the audience of kids. And we had, we had, you know, communicate with this guy back and forth to be here and stuff like that. And it wasn't like we just randomly showed up. And the guy goes to the audience he's like, hey, this is Brett, Clicka, and Vince. They're going to talk to you about some speed stuff. And basically, and you don't have to stay if you don't want to. And it's just like all of a sudden the kids just get up and start like leaving. And I remember Brett like panicking. And I'll never forget. He goes, wait and he's like yelling he's like wait <laughs> and it's like it's still that yell that brett had was still like in my in my because he had worked hard to create the relationship and set it up and stuff and all of a sudden you see what you were supposed to do just like leaving and but but the guy was a jerk right and then i have other certain circumstances where i would have um a, a football coach uh that I, that i would coach his high school team Right. And he loved me. And so when he would introduce me to the youth program and the other coaches and stuff like that, he would be like, this is Vince Gabriel. He's helped all of our kids get better. This is like the best strength and condition we've ever done. And he would like blow me up. Right. And when I would go talk, they would be locked in because someone they respected just said good things. So it is important that someone, whoever introduces you does a good job. That is an important thing. Uh, to be able to do because that kind of gives you a little bit more of that instant credibility and authority. Vince, so, what, if you're, what if you're doing a seminar at your own gym? Would you make your trainer introduce you? So um, when you so at, so um, this is great great point. Um, so at the at the mentorship that you came to, okay, Roman. Yep. So I I had Roman come, and I had Roman do a five minute intro. Why do you think I did that? Yeah, to give you credibility. Credibility and authority. Here, I brought a Super Bowl champion, an NFL lineman, a 12-year veteran that I'm friends with. And all of a sudden, he's telling you guys, and even if you didn't know him, his credibility with the NFL automatically put him in a higher position, right? And now he's coming up and giving me this, like, bomb intro i looked better because roman introduced me versus me introducing myself or even one of my trainers doing it you could do it if i was at your uh if i was doing an event at my gym at gabriel fitness one of the things i would do is have one of my really good clients introduce me and maybe almost give like a testimonial that's a great point or something like that but, but, but yeah, ha having somebody introduce you is very important. And if it's someone that like you doesn't know you too well, you tell them what you want them to say. So um, now last couple of points are, you know, when you start the talk, you know, do something engaging, but, uh, and you could probably learn this. Uh, there's a great book to read called the presentation secrets of Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs at the beginning of every talk would always be like, hey, here are the three things we're going to cover. And so that's what you want to do in the very beginning is tell the audience exactly what's going to happen. 
and what are the things that they're going to learn and what the points, because then what you're doing is it's not this big, long, you're giving the audience certainty, right? You're telling them, Hey, this is where we're going. This is what we're going to do. And it, and enables them to relax, right? Because if they're kind of like on edge about like, ah, what's this going on? How long is this going to be? Where are we going? What are we going to learn? Um, they're not listening to you. Yeah, I do that with my videos too. Um, I always tell, I always tell them like, hey, you know, if you want to, you know, whatever it is, I don't know, it depends what I'm talking about, but it's more like, okay, well, make sure you stay to the end to find out what I have to tell you in order for you to do or whatever it is. Like you're kind of, perfect. you're directing them to wait to the end because that's when you're going to reveal the big reveal. Yep. whatever it is. Excellent. Yep. Good point. Um, and then honestly, the best overall public speaking tip I have is none other than if I had one thing, one tip to give other than the mindset thing that I talked about in the very beginning, which is very important. But if you can tell a good story, you can be a good public speaker. So that, that's really honestly what it about is the most important thing is if you want to get good at public speaking, start being able to tell stories and start looking into your life and finding the stories that are worth telling. And if you can put enough of those together and tie them to key points you'll, you'll, you'll be, you'll never run out of public speaking ideas. You'll never run out of things to talk about. It's funny. I actually did that right before we hopped on this because uh, I did a video the other day about like being able to say no to certain things. So you could say yes to other things like for our members. And I, uh, I put out a video today because today's the draft. So every year during the draft, me and my brother-in-law, we get together and we watch the draft and we have like a draft party. We watch the draft. We watch the guys get drafted. And always the first round, always the first day. We've been doing it for the past couple of years. So I'm dieting this year. I just want to get a little leaner right now, whatever. So I don't want to partake in the food thing. So I I said the title of the what I put the video on for my private members, I didn't put this publicly, I just did it for my members, was I lied to my brother-in-law. That was the title of the video. But I didn't lie to him. I just basically told him like, hey, I'm going to skip out on the food this year. But I basically, the point of it was to tell them that, look, this is what's going on in my life. I was able to, to say no to it. So you have to be able to say no to it too. So it was just kind of like relating to something that happened to me. So it, you didn't go? Well, the draft's tonight. I'm going to go. I'm just not going to eat. What are you going <laughs> to have? Made a big, I made a bigger deal out of it than what What are you going to have? Nothing. I'll just eat before I go and then I just won't eat. You want to eat? And it was he exactly. like chowing wings and stuff and you're not going to? Yeah, nah. It's all right. If I, if I, when I put my mind, I kind of lock myself in. My yeah. daughter's, so my daughter's communions this weekend. So I'm basically saying no to this so I can have that. So what, so you can eat at the communion? Yeah, so I'll kind of like save some of those calories. Oh, and yeah. I'll have like Saturday yeah. day. Yeah, you can't not have meatballs, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you get the point. So the point yeah. was to my members was, listen, yes. you have to say no now so you can say yes later. So it was just a really good story that I, and I kind of thought of it like randomly. I should, I should tell people about what happened. Yeah, and I really think that letting people know, like, especially in the fitness industry, because our clients look up to us for a lot of things, but I think letting them know what you struggle with, what you're kind of going through, what you do in your life, your, your kind of hacks, I really think goes a long way in giving you more credibility because like, wow, this guy's just like me. Because they'll always look at you like, oh, this, he's the trainer. It's easy for him. Yeah. It's not easy. You just make it easy because it's what you do. 
Yeah, you're just you're 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 making a beautiful point of just being able to show vulnerability, and when you show vulnerability, it's going to increase the trust that you have. Um, that's why I, 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 I full 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 disclosure, I was on a podcast recently called Fit Story, and they interviewed me, and basically I get on, and he's like, "Hey, I just want to tell you, like, this is going to be a different podcast. This is really want you to go deep." into your past and deep into your like and it's just like holy shit like what i I started like like panicking i'm like oh my god like what am i doing on this podcast like i'm just used to talking about marketing and and sales and making money and now i'm like spilling my guts onto this podcast but um yeah i ended up talking about like my childhood and like struggles i I have you wrote about this in an email but you didn't link the podcast to it no i don't think the podcast is out yet um Uh but it's um but yeah so i'll 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 probably post it uh when it comes out um but yeah it's if you want to see me a little bit raw and uncut um i tell stories i've never told before uh on the public airways if you will and uh yeah it was interesting it was (laughs) yeah i had to like go like detox afterwards it was like a therapy session All right, man. So I guess we can wrap a bow around this. So yeah, you know, make sure you guys, I guess the gist of this is don't be nervous at your next event. You're going to be, but think about how you could give value back to the people on the other end of it. Think about them the entire time and just try to start out with making them laugh and break the ice kind of really quickly. And I think that that'll help you and practice, 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 yeah. you know, record yourself on video. Even if you don't end up putting it out, just record yourself, just Get in front of the camera and do it because it's very similar. If I could, you could talk in front of the camera. You could talk in front of people. It's the same thing. Yeah. And, I spent- and you know, one of the things that we didn't say on this, that's true. You're very, you say you're very introverted. So can you imagine how hard that is for him to get on and talk to people on a big stage like that? So if he can do it, you can do it too. Yeah. And again, introversion, extroversion is really all about how you recover. Right. So introverts can talk about that, but can, you know, I don't know. That's how I really, yeah. Do. No, introverts can pull themselves up to do it, but they're just white afterwards. Um, so, but yeah, I, I could go on forever about this stuff. We should do, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a, some uh, kind of a workshop on this, but this is good. This was fun. Uh, all right, AB. All right, guys. So remember, I want you guys to head on over to club.vincegabriel.com. That's to join our MMIC group. I believe it's only four quarters to get started. So it's not. One dollar. Yes. So we actually can't take the quarters. So it's one dollar. But uh, you guys can head on over there and do that. Make sure you guys leave us a five-star review as that helps us to grow this podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. This way you never, ever miss top-notch information that will give you more freedom, more clients, more money, and ultimately a better life. There you go. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace.